0: It's Wednesday, 1030. We've got our community story, and today's community story is a really great one. It's about a special play that's taking place here in Mankato, written by a local resident, Mary Templin. It's opening in just a couple days here in town at the Centenary Church in Mankato. And we've got Mary Templin, a longtime member of Centenary and an actor with the Action Club Theater of Mankato. And then we've got, of course, one of the directors, actually, we've got the co directors of the Action Club Theater. One, of course, is also with the Open Arts Minnesota, the director of that organization, Wilbur Neuschwander Frank, and Doug Faust, the co director of this play. Good morning, folks. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you all in the studio. Did I say that right? Is it Neuschwander? Neuschwander.
1: You uh, did just close. Great.
0: Okay, very good. <laughs> well, it's great to have you all in the studio. And so, uh, first, I want to talk to Wilberg who we've had in the studio before talking about the action theater and you're also the director of the Open Arts Minnesota. Let's right. let's define what that is first so we kind of get an overall picture.
1: Sure, of course. Open Arts Minnesota is a nonprofit that um, our mission is to provide theatrical and literary opportunities for people with disabilities and uh, we uh, started that organization in 2018 but it really comes from uh, the work I've done in the disability rights movement for about 28 years now. Because you were with the program called, was it ARC? Yes, the ARC Minnesota. I still do a little bit of contract work with them but now I spend more of my time time, you know, shepherding this uh, nonprofit, which has been a great learning experience and really wonderful. We serve three in-person theater groups. And now, after the pandemic, we also have a whole virtual aspect of theater as well. Now, you say three. I know the Action Theater. What are the other groups? So... We, the, I started in New Ulm, actually, 28 years ago with a theater group there, and that group is still going. They're called the United We Stand Players of, of New Ulm. We have our Action Club Theater of Mankato, which we started. It's been over 15 years now. And uh, a couple of years back, we started one in Fairmont, Action Club Theater of Fairmont, because people there saw Action Club Theater of Mankato and said, hey, we <laughs> want one of <laughs> those, too. <laughs> so we started one there. How many people have been involved over the years through these uh, theater groups? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, it, it ebbs and flows, but we always have a core. So I would say with all those three theater groups we probably have, with volunteers and family support, probably like 150 people that have been involved, and, and now with our virtual theater group that we do and some other online activities like Friday Poets. We have another group of people who it's, it was interesting over the pandemic to really move things online, because now we're able to serve some people in communities that don't have inclusive theater activities, and so they can do it online now. Well, that's great.
0: So the something, if anything good came out of the yeah. pandemic, that may be mm-hmm. one of them.
1: Yeah, because theater was, and you know, anything in the arts was really, really impacted by the pandemic, but we knew early on that we had to figure out how to connect with people just to be in community during that time. Well, Mary Templin, who we have here, is the writer of this
0: play that you're going to be performing, and she started it during the pandemic with support from Minnesota State University's Lit Reach program and the Open Arts Minnesota, which you're with, and it's written in Mary's words and narrated from beginning to end by her. So good morning, Mary. Good morning. And Mary, let's talk a little bit about this play that you wrote. Have you ever written anything? This is the first one. All right, so how did this all come about? I sat down a- at
2: my table, and I decided I, w- I would write a play. But if I, didn't ri- if I didn't like it, I would throw the paper on the floor <laughs> and rewrite it because I, th- I didn't like the way I was writing it. Did you
0: have a big pile of crumpled up paper <laughs> then? <laughs>
2: I had, yeah, I, I just threw the paper on the floor, and I decided I, I didn't like the way I was writing the words. I thought, okay, I'll sit down and rewrite it. And I did rewrite it, and I th- thought this looked better than the the first three papers or four or five, whatever. That's h- and I thought, this looked better. Well, and they I, say practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I still do that because I need all the practice I can get. So what is this story about? This story is about... M- m- me and Gary's marriage. And And, that's your husband? Yeah. Gary, okay. But it also has to do with my dad having a candy store in Albert Lee.
0: So this is kind of autobiographical really about your your growing up. And 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 about Faribault State Hospital when I was there. It's about my childhood.
2: Tell us a little bit about your childhood. You were born in Albert Lee. I was born in Albert Lee, uh, 1949. I was the There, and I and my dad had had a candy candy store in Albert and We could eat as much candy (laughs) at Christmas time. (laughs) Lucky girl. (laughs) (laughs) And and when my mom and dad didn't know what epilepsy was, and uh, and uh, they they thought I was mentally retarded. I was not, and i went to federal state hospital when i was nine or ten years old because that's what where they that they, they didn't that's know where what else to they didn't know where else to put yeah. me but Fairville state hospital taught me a lot more i didn't know how to write my name i didn't know how to tie my shoes i went to classes to learn and and i also they had i They also had a store there. I went to church. I also had to go out to work, and I learned how to, I had, we fed kids, we bathed kids and and dressed kids, and I was very young to learn all that, but we had to do that because that's the only way we made money at
0: that time. And so you learned life skills, yeah, for during that. And did you continue through high school then, or we didn't have
2: high school
0: there. Oh, so wh- they had
2: classes there. Um, they had a building there where where they could go to school classes and that. There was no high school there, and they had church there, and they had they had a canteen place where you could go down and get. Uh, ice cream coffee juice whatever
0: did they let you get all the candy you wanted like (laughs) your dad did yeah we we had a very different
2: i had a very different life when i was in fairville but i i can give them credit to that i learned how to do that but they did not check my eyes but because i couldn't see oh but that was that was different when i came here i I complained about my eyes, but other than that, everything else went fine. Well, so
0: can you see now?
2: Yeah, I can see really well. So
0: what? Wha- what did they do, or what happened?
2: When I came to Mankato, the eye doctor said I needed glasses, and th- and he said I needed them right away, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. good that I went there. Then I lived in Harry in Center when they came here, mm-hmm. and. That was in 1974, the year my sister got married. <laughs> 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 oh wow! Okay. <laughs> and she, and uh, so I, w- I had to go to her wedding. This was in the winter time of November 30th. Mm-hmm. But I, when I lived in Harry Myers under the old dormitory Cooper, which is. MSU dormitory. Domico- I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we had three different. Do- uh, uh, I lived upstairs, and there was two. Ga- well, I lived upstairs on second floor, and the guys lived up on third floor, and guys lived on top of the floor, and one down in the basement. Mm-hmm. S- but the other side was. To college.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So you were actually on the campus at that time, then. Yeah. So you went to MSU essentially. (laughs) (laughs) MSU, right? (laughs) right? And now your the name of your show is Mary's Fairy Fairy Tale. Tale. It's a sweet life, Mary. Yeah,
2: and and my our wedding we got we got married at Centenary United Methodist Church.
0: And now that is where Doug. You are with the Centenary United Methodist Church, correct?
3: Correct, with the social justice theater at Centenary Church. So
0: that's so that's how you connected up with this whole event with, with Mary and Wilbur.
3: Absolutely. I've, I've known Mary and Wilbur for many, many years, <laughs> and we've collaborated together on a lot of other projects, whether theater or other things, and uh, uh, so it was really exciting for us to uh, bring what we could utilize in terms of the infrastructure and some of the things, the, the, the talent uh, uh, to Mary's play as well, too. And of course, the thing that's really, really exciting about Mary's play is where it it goes from her arrival in Mankato to her wedding, and, and that was, uh, Mary was a trailblazer. She was a pioneer in terms of getting permission from the state of Minnesota to be able to marry. I think that's an interesting story.
0: Yeah, tell us about that, Mary. I had to
2: I had to get permission from the state of Minnesota because they were my guardians at the time.
0: Oh, okay. And um, so it's because because you were considered with a disability.
2: I I they thought I had a disability, but I didn't have a disability. Oh. At the time.
0: Because because they thought you you had de- developmental delays of some sort. They thought I
2: was mentally retarded and I was not mentally retarded. You had epilepsy. I had epilepsy. And my mom and my mom and dad didn't know where to put me at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't know anything about epilepsy at the time. I think healthcare has come a long way, so I think people recognize this now,
0: but back then they didn't know.
2: And I went through this three times to try to get married, but the decision that Gary and I made was we made a decision that we were going to get married.
0: How did you meet Gary then?
2: Gary, Gary's brother was living in Harry Meyering Center. So when Gary came from North Mankato to to, visit see, him. to see him, Dale which is his brother, introduced me to Gary. And? And we decided to be girlfriend and boyfriend. Okay.
0: <laughs> was it love at first sight? Did <laughs> <Yeah>. you say it <laughs> yeah, was it for both of you? <laughs> yeah. Yes, for both of you? Yeah. And so then you started dating? Would we they let you
1: date? We, or went,
2: we went out to... Con- we went out to concerts and we went dating, and then Gary took me to wrestling. <laughs> to wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> How did you and like this, that? <laughs> and this this was the first time I went to see wrestling, right? And and, and I I think my sports were better than his <laughs> sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> I like
2: bowling, and, and sure, and Vikings and Twins and. And he likes wrestling, and I said, what is this? <laughs> what I'm watching, and uh, I thought, so wrestling's in the play also.
0: Oh, wow, okay. And I want to talk to either one of the co-directors about the play. How big is this cast? Because I know Mary is the, the narrator of her story, her life story with Gary. I'm a narr- narrator it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then so do the other characters, do they have lines, or do they talk, or is it mainly Mary just talking? Diane's talking, which she's a pastor. Just me and her
2: talking, and the rest are acting out.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the cast. Well, we have an integrated cast. So we have cast members from Action Club Theater of Mankato, and we have actors from Centenary Social Justice Theater team, which is a really great combination. We've had a lot of fun with that. There's about, I want to say, a total cast of maybe around 23 and then, of course, a crew uh, that we are working with from Centenary—just really wonderful. It's been a great experience, and and we love that idea of coming together in community and being able to do a production like that.
0: So, Doug, what is the social justice theater then compared with the action theater? How are they the same or different? Or
3: well, our mission really is kind of has three points, and one is to put on productions that have some sort of a social justice theme mm-hmm. or to raise awareness about a social justice issue or theme. And then also, of course, uh, being affiliated with the church, if there's some level of spirituality involved with uh, uh, a show or or you know, within it that we can bring out that mm-hmm. within a script. And then the last uh, tenet is really community, to bring together community. And so You know, as uh, Wilbur and and Mary approached me about getting involved in this, I thought, boy, we hit on all three issues there just perfectly. And it's just a great opportunity for uh, Centenary Social Justice Theater to collaborate with Open Arts and Action Club and Mary, of course, uh, to bring this production to life.
1: Okay, so
0: it sounds like kind of
1: a match made in heaven, so to speak. Yeah, it really is, and I, I really want to highlight working with MSU's Litreach program and Diana Joseph, who's the program director for that. So, th- when the pandemic came about, P- Mary has been long been part of the Poets Club at Action Club Theaters, written poems, has her own chapbook of poems, and during the pandemic, Mary and Diana worked a little bit more intensely because the pandemic just allowed for some of that kind of time that you could do. And of course, Zoom really opened up a lot of doors. And Mm -hmm. so Diana and Mary met uh, often. And Mary began to tell Diana her story. um, And and that's how they kind of, as the story began to unfold, then Diana's like, Oh well, this like seems like a play, and Mary's like, oh. yeah, this seems like a play. And so they began to work on that, and uh, then the play came to me, and I looked at it, and I'm like, I I think this is great. And I really see it as part of Open Art Minnesota's mission to be able to support disabled actors and playwrights and writers and poets to be able to share their work with the world.
2: But it's also to get the word out about... about uh, people that were in, in the state hospital and gets the word out for people who are epilepsy and all that too. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: right. Absolutely. And so you said it took you three tries to get permission to actually get married. What was the holdup? Did, what did they say? Because,
2: number one, they denied it. Number two, they denied it. And number three, they let me get married because there was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. So was it different people that made that decision? Is that how you just had to keep going back? Well, until I, had,
2: I had three different helpers who helped me write the
0: letter. Okay. Is that part of the play then? You ta- go through those letters and, and the reasons that they said no? Two of them, they said no, and one, they th- said there was nothing wrong th- uh, that we could get married. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, so I mean, that must have been really hard for you to, to go it through w- that.
2: I I was frustrated, yeah. but um, I finally said to one of my helpers, I said, can you please help me get this done and we'll, and we'll get married? <laughs> she did
0: so now is Gary disabled in any way or? no Gary's not okay. disabled okay is he is he in the play by the way he he's sitting right next to me oh but he doesn't have to say anything really <laughs> no okay <laughs> gotcha. he's probably <laughs> glad of that huh well this sounds like a it sounds like a really wonderfully and well done play and really exciting so let's talk about the logistics of it. I don't know who wants to talk about that when where how can we go see it and well we,
2: it's at centenary night in Methodist Church it's at on the twenty fourth at seven o'clock, and Saturday,
0: at, it's on the twenty fifth at two o'clock. So two two showings, okay? Mm-hmm. And how how big of an audience can you? Is it? We
3: we accommodate about two hundred people in okay. in in the space, the uh, sanctuary, where we'll be presenting the play and uh, we should also highlight on Saturday there will also be some uh, sensory friendly. Uh,
1: yeah, so we'll have a sign language interpreter on the, sa- the Saturday show. It'll also be a mostly sensory friendly uh, okay. performance that day, and also, th- th- it's free admission. Yeah. So oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so we'll it's take, all free admission? Yeah, we're taking donations for uh, Centenary's Holy Grounds, a breakfast community, mm-hmm. and also for a community integration project that we're working on through the Ulm Academy in Minnesota, and it's where we're raising money to purchase more uh, laptops and tablets for people who don't have them. Because what is
0: the Olmsted Academy? The is? Olmsted
1: Academy um, is a part of Advocating Change Together. And Advocating Change Together is a nonprofit in Minnesota who was, they've been around since 1980, and they champion self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. And self-advocacy is the civil and human rights movement for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And so when the Olmsted decision, so it's a whole sort of thing that happened, uh, the Olmsted decision was um, handed down by the Supreme Court in around the year 1999-2000, and it's when two women who lived in a state institution in Georgia wanted to move out into their own place, and the state of Georgia said, no, you can't do that, we can't support that. So they took the, um, one of the legal aides from Georgia, took it all the way, went all the way to the Supreme Court, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg ruled that people, because of the ADA, people needed to be supported to live in the most integrated Setting. So after that decision was handed down, some states voluntarily did, made an Olmstead plan to make sure they were helping people, you know, move into the community, have uh, jobs in the community, have a community life. And uh, Minnesota didn't do that right away but then there was another legal decision because of some abuse that was happening at a group home uh, up in Cambridge and uh, so there there was a ruling made in Minnesota in around 2009 I believe it was where Minnesota had to write an Olmstead plan and the Olmstead plan is really about creating uh, community integration for people with disabilities and so uh, I some of us in Action Club went through the Academy over for the last couple of years, and our project is to raise money so that more people with disabilities can have access to laptops and tablets because still people, there's still people who don't have that.
0: And, you know, for a lot of people, that's a, a means of communication oh. with disabilities because my son is on the autism spectrum, as you know, and, and a lot of things are communicated via mm-hmm. the the keyboard because writing is a very difficult thing so Mary would you consider yourself a bit of a pioneer then in terms of working hard to to be able to get married to Gary and and kind of paving the way for others
1: that you were you were you were leading the way you were one of the first ones
0: I think to make this happen and maybe make it easier for other people to follow yes I would,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. would you say that?
0: I mean, too, in your experience, I either.
1: Oh yeah, or I've known Mary a long time. I think Mary, Mary is a very resilient person who really is a great example of someone who's reaching into and for their inner self, advocacy, and and moving things forward.
2: I also think
1: if other people
2: have to go through the same thing, I think they have to do it the right way.
1: Yeah. So what what
0: do you mean by that? Um, is there other? Well, things?
2: I went through. I went through the writing the letter to the state of Minnesota. Um, If people want to do it the way I did it, they have to sit down and write the letter to the state of Minnesota and do it the right way. Just be patient and do it the right way.
0: Have things changed through the years? I mean, because that was back, what year was that back that you did that first letter, Mary?
2: Yeah, things have changed. My my brother, Jim, is my guardian Mm -hmm. now and the state of Minnesota is no longer my guardian.
0: What year was that that you wrote that letter?
2: it goes way back i <laughs> i don't remember do you remember
3: 1986 or S- 85 that, in that uh, somewhere okay. around there because yeah.
2: i got married in 1986
0: yeah. wow you've been married quite a few years congratulations
2: you'll be 36 this year
0: that's wonderful so any special anniversary plans now that you guys yeah. are f- you're kind of famous now <laughs> essentially <laughs> i mean with i, d- I don't <laughs> feel like a producer though <laughs> <laughs> but you know that what what a wonderful thing and it seems like you are able to self advocate for yourself which is kind of what the whole programs about.
2: I I sometimes, well, my husband came up to me today and asked (laughs) me a question. I said, well, I'll help you out. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. My mom used to call me uh, a worrywart because I worried about everything. And I said,
0: don't worry about it. It'll be fine. (laughs) Do you find that life is better with a partner like Gary? Yes, I do. What do you think if they wouldn't have let that happen? Do you ever th- wonder if, what if? <laughs> then, uh, then there
2: would be no partner
0: <laughs> or any play, right? right? I mean, seriously, that this is a, that's a really a quite a quite an accomplishment that you've done. And um, how is the play going, Wilbur? You know, you've been do- producing a lot of plays throughout the years with the Action Theater Club.
1: Yeah, it's it's going. It's really great. It's been wonderful working with with Doug and the crew at Centenary and all of our action clubbers. Not all the action clubbers wanted to be in this play, so we had a sign up sheet for okay. it and people could come and be in. We it. have
2: we have a play in August like the 26th, oh. 27th. Oh yeah.
1: It's a busy summer for action what, what's Club coming Theater. up in August? It's our big production that we had to postpone in 2020 <laughs> and it's called Turning Towards Each Other. It's a play about community. So is that going to be a lot Did of Did I f- say the dates? right oh for in August yeah, yeah it's the end of, uh, the 28 28th, uh, 28th 27th and 28th Great. of uh, August yeah have you
0: you've been working with the social action uh, social justice team for years has this been any learning experience for you in any way Doug
3: well it, I I think the thing that I've really appreciated here is just the joy that all of the actors come to rehearsals with and just 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 the It's it's such a positive experience. You know, I mean, anybody that's been involved in theater whatsoever understands that there are nights that can go better than others and there can be frustrations and so on, but every night we leave rehearsal and we just feel so good about, you know, just the experience of working together.
0: Mary, what has been the the most challenging thing for for writing and putting on a play? Is there anything that comes... Writing,
2: it takes a while. Putting on a play, after you write it, then hand it over to Wilbert or Diane, and it, then it takes a while to put on the play because you have to have all the actors and everything to get together. Are you and do- I, I enjoy writing and putting the play on.
0: Are some of your friends in the play with you?
2: Yeah, most of them are.
0: Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And how about you, Wilbur? How has this been, you know, having a, a person in your theater actually write? Oh. You know, because don't you usually, aren't you kind of the yeah, one that usually I, does I it? I
1: typically write, they're devised plays, so they're, the plays that I write come from the ideas of the people, sure. and then I put them together, write characters. So this is really great. This just feels like, okay, we're <laughs> taking that next step <laughs> and um, really, you know, uh, encouraging people who want to do something like that and, and providing that opportunity.
3: And Wilbur, if I'm not mispa- mistaken, this may be the first of what may be others, yes. uh, such as this?
1: Yeah, we'd like to call this um, like stories and and I do want to point oh, wow. out that you know this is like kind of a brand new kind of um, yeah. activity for Open Arts Minnesota and um, our thanks to Prairie Lakes Regional Arts Council for the grant that they through their small arts project grant that helps us to have money to put on the play. Is this unique
0: does this happen a lot of other places because you know I'm not familiar with the, the overall theater in that area of what what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, there are other uh, places around the country that do theater. I don't know if they do it the way we do it, but I think mm-hmm. there's a similar thread of people wanting to share stories to provide opportunity for people who haven't had the chance before to be in acting or playwriting or writing poems. That's, but there are places around the country that sure. do that as well. Go ahead. I don't g-
2: even remember
0: what I was Oh, gonna
2: say. oh that's okay. <laughs> so, right, so Mary, Mary, I was
0: going to ask you, do you want to write something else? I mean, you've done this one, or is this kind of like I've done this? I'm going to f- keep on writing. Oh, wonderful. Any uh, more ideas for future
2: plays, maybe? I have some some ideas what I'm going to write. Okay. Are but there? it's going to be different because I was told <laughs> I shouldn't write again, but it's going to be a different sure.
0: different s- story. Wonderful. What are some of your favorite things, Mary, that you like to do, you and Gary, together? Gary and I like to go out
2: shopping,
0: mm-hmm.
2: buy groceries, watch TV, walk around, go to movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so all sorts of things. That, do you like to go out to go, eat? Go up and see my brother, go see my sister.
0: You like going out to eat, too? Yeah. So, Wow. This uh, sounds like you've you've just done a wonderful job. It sounds like it's going to be a great place. So again, the the details are this this uh, so Friday, Friday and Saturday and Saturday. So the Friday one
2: is seven o'clock. Okay. And Saturday's at two o'clock. And it's at the
0: Centenary United, United Methodist. West. What is the address? The
3: but address is five hundred one South Second Street, but we're the corner of Second and Cherry Streets, right downtown Mankato.
0: Is there adequate parking for folks? Oh, there's all kinds okay, of parking in the
3: back of the church. Yes.
0: Okay, very good. And anything else you want folks to know uh, about what you guys are doing, or how to find more information about what you do? Yeah,
1: people can go to Open Arts Minnesota website at uh, www.openartsminnesota.org, and you can get some information there about the play. And Centenary also has been really helping us in and the promotion of the play as well.
0: Well, all the best to you, and I look forward to maybe hearing a a future play from you. Uh, We are talking with Mary Templin who is the writer and the main narrator, author of this play called Mary's Fairy Tale. And then we also have Wilbur Frink, who is the director of Open Arts Minnesota, and Doug Faust, who is a co-director of the play with Wilbur and the Social Justice Theater as well here in Mankato. Thank you all for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, they say break a leg. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Cameron. Yes, you bet. Bye-bye.